Good morning, everybody. It's the Bickers Report. 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 Season three. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? It's Saturday, May 2nd. We're broadcasting today from Crown Heights, Brooklyn, with your hosts... Gafilta Poisson. And Shimon Gafilta. You can call me Shim for short. It's time for the weekly... Shabbat Shindig! Today on Shabbat Shindig, we'll have our usual weekly features. This day in history. Today's big birthdays. Updates on some of this week's biggest Bickers Report stories. And our enormously popular hit viral feature. How many Jews? 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 Today in 1611, the King James Bible was first printed in London. That's a big deal for Jews and non-Jews. That Bible was a big hit. If you know Bible quotations, you probably know them from that translation. Today in 1649, Solomon Franco, reportedly the first Jew to live in the North American colonies, was given funds for passage to sail from Boston to Holland because the Puritans of the General Court in Massachusetts did not want him in their colony. He thus became the first American Jew to make extraordinary sacrifices to get a free cruise, establishing what would become a long-standing tradition. Today in 1860, Theodore Herzl was born. Probably no other single person did so much to help create the state of Israel as a Jewish state. There are some problems with that now, obviously, but when Jews wanted a place to go to after the Holocaust, Theodore Herzl was looking awfully good. Today in 1908, Take Me Out to the Ball Game was copyrighted with music by a Jew named Albert von Tilzer. You know Rodgers and Hammerstein, right? Oklahoma, mm-hmm. uh-huh. South Pacific, uh-huh. the Tuesday Slide. Uh-huh. Well, Rogers also you know, wrote Drake a lot. Drake is Jewish. What? Jake, Drake is Jewish. Really? Yeah. No kidding. Uh-huh. So maybe he wrote it with with Hammerstein. With them. Yeah. Well, Rogers also wrote a lot with a Jewish guy named Lorenz Hart, who was born this day in 1895. They wrote a lot of famous songs together, like "The Lady Is a Tramp" or this classic, "Blue Moon," performed here by the great Billy Holiday. Um, also on this date in 1924 was born Theodore Bekel, a Jewish actor and, and singer whose two most famous roles had him playing a Nazi in The African Queen and fleeing the Nazis as Captain Von Trapp in the original Broadway production of The Sound of Music. Mm. Today in 1927 was the marriage of one of the most important figures in all of American culture, Louis Zabar, founder of Zabar's. Yay! He married Lilium Tetelbaum. Though they courted and married in New York, they had known each other first in a small village in the Ukraine. Isn't that amazing to think about? Here are these two people who knew each other in Ukraine. Little could they know that they would come together and lead to so much consumption wow. of smoked salmon <laughs> for generations. 
On this date in 1943 was released the film My Favorite Wife, directed by Garson Kane and one of the all-time great comedies. If you haven't seen My Favorite Wife, put, put us on pause right now. Mm. Go watch it and come back and listen to the rest don't of us. Wait. Don't, just don't do wait. Just do it now. Do yes. it. Do it. Okay, now here's the big news of the day. On this date in 1951 was the most important play in the history of baseball, the only time in MLB history in which a Jewish pitcher threw a pitch to a Jewish batter with a Jew catching. The pitcher was Detroit Tiger Saul Rogovin throwing to Joe Ginsburg. The batter was Lou Limmer of the Philadelphia Athletics. Here is Lou Limmer's recollection of the event. I got along with most of the umpires. There was this one, Joe Paparella. He was a nice guy. We had a game in Detroit and Saul Rogovin was pitching and Joe Ginsburg was catching. I came up to pinch hit. So Paparella comes from behind home plate and he dusts it off and he says, Boy, now I've got three heaves. I wonder who's going to win the battle. And Rogovin throws the first pitch and I hit it into the stands and Paparella says, I guess you're the winner, Lou. It so happens I wasn't the winner because Joe Ginsburg stayed with Detroit and Saul Rogovin went to the White Sox that year and he led the league in ERA and poor Lou Limmer, he got shipped to the minors. A lot of people think that the big event of 1951 in baseball was Bob Thompson, Bobby Thompson's shot heard around the world. That yeah, won yeah, yeah. The pe- that is nothing to Lou Limmer going deep off Saul Rogovin oh, with boy. Joe Ginsburg catching. That's I feel big. sure... That that pitch, of all the pitches in the history of Major League Baseball, the one I know got tipped, the one I know that the batter knew was coming. I'm sure Joe Ginsburg said, here comes a fat fastball there, Lou. Right? I mean, yeah. you How many Jews, the big twat. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. On this date in 1936, the winning horse in the Kentucky Derby had a Jewish owner, a Jewish trainer, and a Jewish jockey. Another big twat. Yeah. The horse, Bold Venture, was heard to say about his victory... I wish I had time. <laughs> Which led to people to believe that the horse was also Jewish. But this could not be confirmed until this year, this moment. Some big celebrity birthdays today. Oh gosh. David Suchet, the actor who played Poirot. Leslie Gore. You're not going to include a clip of David Suchet? No, I'm playing a clip of Leslie Gore. That was David Suchet singing backing vocals. Oh, I see. Okay. The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And Abraham Gessner, who invented kerosene. Oh, I bet he's a favorite of our golf course. He brings me water as for gasoline. What? I was quoting another song. And returning to this week's top Bickers Report stories, Bickers Report listeners have been celebrating all week the victory of Alex Bowman in last week's iRacing competition, of course, in the social distant safety of their homes, with only the people they live with. Yes. But Bowman himself has seemed more excited about returning to non-iRacing later this month. He offered the following inspirational words via Twitter. Hey guys, Alex Bowman here. Really excited to get back to racing in a couple weeks. My shop's been keeping me really busy between uh, the drift car that we're building, the C10, this Corvette, Midgets. We've been really busy around here. Uh, We've been ready to go with our NOCO battery chargers. So I'm going to give one away. You guys show me uh, what's been keeping you guys busy. I'll give you a NOCO battery charger. See you later. I think it's... We got to enter in that. 
I think I think it's good that he employs a diverse population in his garage there, but we call them little people. We don't. What? Midgets, he said. He said midgets? Yeah, I think that might refer to the kind of car he was building. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. that was the car. Yeah, yeah. Bickers Report listeners have probably been regretting that Duke Professor Missy Cummings didn't kill us with a drone after we foolishly dissed her in a broadcast earlier this week. But she's probably too busy for us. Landline, a website for truckers, contacted Professor Cummings this week to ask her about stories about the success of driverless cars, and she responded, quote, This news story is very similar to what others have claimed. I don't see this as groundbreaking or really anything to raise an eyebrow about. Clearly not somebody to be messed with. What, what were, were we, we thinking? thinking? We remain very, 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 very sorry. sorry. We're so sorry. We, co- we couldn't be sorrier. Aaron Gordon was interviewed by ESPN about his diss track 9 out of 10, including this exchange. Music industry, so how serious are you about turning this into a sustained pursuit? Uh, well, I, I view music as therapy. You know, I really do. Um, so I'm looking to open a studio out here in Orlando, uh, kind of like a, a music studio and, and performing arts studio and, uh, you know, a creative arts studio where... Um, underprivileged kids could come in and you know express themselves creatively instead of expressing themselves uh, detrimentally so um, I'm going to continue to pursue it for my own mental and for my my own health and and just to be able to explain to the world you know uh, my perspective and and what I'm going through and and I hope it connects with other people Um, so I'm going to continue to do it and and if people uh, don't like it uh, it doesn't matter uh, because it helps me and it, it helps me express myself and uh, in turn it helps me build a platform for uh, other artists that wouldn't normally get the shot we love it's time him, to I sell think. everything and move to Orlando I think we love Aaron Gordon right mm. I think I'm I think I'm now an Orlando Magic fan me to yeah, root yeah, for yeah, him too. I me think too. he's great and finally our most popular feature of all the famous the stupendous, the irritating. How many Jews? How many Jews? How many Jews? How many Jews? Aficionados of American humor. 111. Have long noted the many Hebraic and Yiddish allusions in the work of the great Stooges Trois, or as they are known in English, the Three Stooges. For example, the map of Jerkola from the 1954 short film Stone Age Romeos shows five locations, all of which have their origins in Yiddish. Shmo Lake, the Schnozel Mountains, Borscht Island, Mishmash, and Verblungen. But, really? and this is our how many Jews question for today, how many of the three Jews, of the three stooges, how many of the three stooges were actually 111. Jewish? 111. A zero, B one, C two, and D three, E four, F one hundred and eleven. N. You sticking with that? I think during Passover I should have been saying a hundred and unleavened. That's a point. You missed your shot there. I'd like there. to apologize if I was not being kosher down Were we broadcasting during Passover? I, I don't no remember. Clue. I don't I know no whether we did an unleavened show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. There were people who were hoping we would broadcast faster so the bread couldn't rise. Yeah, but exactly. Yeah. Jeez. All right. 
So you, are you sticking with 111, or do you want to guess how many of the three Stooges were Jewish? E. Four? You're correct. Really? You are. No kidding. Listen to this. Moe Shrimp and Curly Wait, we're, we're brothers. Them the answer? We never Old children. Them the answer. Yeah, but this is too good to pass. No this kidding. is terrific. You ready? Sure. Moe Shrimp and Curly were brothers, all children of Lithuanian Jews, Solomon Horowitz and Jenny Gorowitz. Larry was born Louis Feinberg, son of Russian Jew Joseph Feinberg. The original trio did one feature film entitled Soup to Nuts, after which Shemp left the group to pursue a solo career and was replaced by his brother Curly. This incarnation of the team was the first to be known on film as the Three Stooges. So if you count Shemp, there were four Jews in the Three Stooges. No kidding. Yeah. Yowza. That's I mean, a lot of Jews. Uh, you know, and I apologize for shifting... The programming to educational programming today. I know this isn't NPR, but you know sometimes we just feel as if we have to work as educators. That's the highest concentration of Jews in all of Schmo Lake. Yes, that's true. <laughs> or of a blogan. Pick the spot. That's yeah. probably yeah. the highest concentration yes. you'll find. Yeah. So that's well, it this for this Shabbat, Shabbat Shindig. Shabbat Shindig. Right. We, we pulled it off. Yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, everybody uh, have a wonderful... <laughs> I'm taking that away from you. Put on schmoozing so we can go out on schmoozing. Okay, I'm on it. Well, the biggest part of the multi-sensational broadcast brought to you in part by our sponsors wherever the hell they are and brought to you in part by our studios wherever the hell it is and brought to you not at all in part by anyone who, uh, you know, doesn't support the biggest support and also brought to you in part by those who do support the biggest support have a wonderful, fantastic Saturday. And without further ado, Happy Bickering!